0: Let's go to Mark 10 real quick. Open your Bibles to Mark 10. We're going to have a little devotional this morning. Mark 10, we're going to start in verse 46. But before we do that, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning waking us up, Lord. We thank you for the kitchen team as well making us breakfast. We pray that you would just bless them. And, uh, Lord, the band, the nurses, everything that comes to my mind, counselors. Father, we thank you so much. For what you're doing and we pray that you would strengthen us today. And Lord, as we study your word now, we pray that you would help us learn something new. We pray for open hearts and open ears, open minds, Lord, for what you have for us. I pray that distractions would just go away. We wouldn't be thinking about anything outside of camp or back at home, Lord. That we would just focus right now on your word and what the gospel of Mark has to tell us. And uh, we love you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Mark 10:46. Mark 10:46. I'm going to read it and then I will uh, kind of give the context, the background, and then talk about what it means for us today. Mark 10:46. It says this. Then they came to Jericho. They is Jesus and his disciples. They're walking. They came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind men, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, "Rabbi, I want to see." "Go," said Jesus, "your faith has healed you." Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is an interesting chapter, interesting passage of scripture here in Mark 10:46. Just, uh, kind of just a couple of verses that Mark puts in here of an experience that Jesus is leaving Jericho. He's coming into Jericho and then he's leaving Jericho. He meets this guy named Bartimaeus. He's blind. He's blind. And it's interesting that we just read yesterday about Joshua and Jericho. Joshua was met by the Lord with the sword and he's the commander of the army of the Lord. He tells Joshua, hey, you need to pursue me first before you pursue this Jericho. This is the same Jericho. This is about 1,500 years later to now Jesus' time, the same Jericho, and Jesus is entering it. And then he's leaving, and he comes to, uh, with his disciples together with the crowd. They're leaving the city, and he comes to this blind man named Bartimaeus. Named Bartimaeus, And it says in parentheses there, that is the son of Timaeus. So that helps us a little bit. Bartimaeus is just meaning in, in, in Hebrew or Greek, the son of Timaeus. Now, the word Timaeus, though, really means Son of the unclean one. So that's a jolly old name that he has. He's the son of an unclean one. That's that's terrible. And then he's blind on top of that. This guy just has a terrible life. So his name's Bartimaeus, we see that. And he was sitting on the roadside begging. He's begging. Now you would see this common in Jerusalem and, and around Israel of just blind people in scripture that are just sitting by the roadside begging. You know, people, just the, the public crowd wouldn't really care about them. They threw a little shekels to them, but they'd kind of be on their way. You still see that in Israel today. I've been to Israel a couple of times, and you'll still see blind people just kind of begging for, for money. It's, nothing's really changed. It's just like you're in Jesus' time. And so the crowds are walking away. The disciples are walking away. And it's really not the disciples that are kind of like, Hey, Jesus, you should go minister to this guy. This guy needs you. No, everyone's kind of making their way, and they're just like, Okay, let's, let's keep going. So they find this Bartimaeus by the side, and it says, it says uh, in verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. So Bartimaeus is sitting there. He can't see. He's blind, but he can hear pretty well. His senses for his hearing is, is pretty strong. And he hears people maybe saying, Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. There he goes. There he goes. Let's follow him. Let's follow him. Jesus was already getting famous. He's spreading the gospel. He's healing people. He's doing miracles. So people are liking this Jesus. They're putting their faith in him, and he's, he's getting a large crowd. And A so, uh, um, large crowd. And he's moving along. And so he hears the name Jesus. And he starts shouting. That's the only thing he can do. He can't see. He doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know where Jesus is. He starts shouting. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Translation, Jesus, come over here. Help me. I'm blind. Jesus, have mercy on me. Please. Son of David was a messianic title for Jesus. Because Jesus was the, uh, the lineage of David. That's King David. You go down the line. Jesus was born... And and David was one of his ancestors down the line. So he's calling him son of David. That's a messianic term. That's his title. He recognizes this. Let's keep reading. And it's, it's interesting that he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then 48, verse 48, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. In today's world, they'd just be like, shut up, Bartimaeus. Enough of you. All right. We know you're blind. Let the master keep going. He's got many things to do. No time for you. They told him to be quiet, rebuked him. How dare you, Bartimaeus? Sit down, stop, shut up, let him go. How terrible, how terrible. And in fact, that's probably how some of us would probably have been. We could probably see this and be like, oh, I would never do that. Never do that. You know, I probably actually would. I'm more of like a, Jesus, we need to keep on a schedule. If I was one of Jesus' disciples, I would be like, Bartimaeus, enough, we'll come back to you. Jesus, we're on a time schedule, let's go. We got to get out of here. Jesus would not have liked me. He would have rebuked me a lot. I'm, a, I'm kind of a time-oriented guy, so I probably would have been in this kind of rebuking, quiet him down kind of person. Just the same. And it says, many rebuked him, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. He's like, no, I'm going to keep yelling till I, till, I, till he comes to me. I just, need to, I just need to talk to Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He doesn't care about the people rebuking him. He says, just please come to me. So keep reading. It says, 49, Jesus stopped and said, call him. Go get him. And now it's interesting. The whole demeanor of the disciples change. It's interesting. Once Jesus says, go call him. jesus I, I can kind of sense Jesus has this tone with his disciples saying, look, disciples, please just go get him. Don't rebuke him. Don't tell him to shut up. Please, I have time for him. Go call him. Then the disciples' demeanor change. It's great. So it says, they called to the blind men. Hey, Bartimaeus. And they say this, cheer up on your feet. It's all good. You get to see the master. Come on. Bartimaeus is like, you guys just told me to shut up before. Like, now you're all happy? Oh, okay. Cheer up. I'm not, okay, I just need to see Jesus. Cheer up, really? He says, yes, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you, throwing his cloak aside. So Bartimaeus must have had a cloak of some sort. He throws it aside. He jumps to his feet, and he came to Jesus. So he comes, he walks over, he's escorted to Jesus, and it says here in 51 Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Now this is interesting. You know, Jesus as being fully man and fully God, Jesus did set aside some of his godliness, if you will, his glory, his his power, and left it in heaven and he became fully man. He was still fully God, but he was fully man. So for me, I kind of tend to believe that Jesus honestly was asking him a question. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus knows that he's blind, but I think he's honestly asking him a simple question from the heart of Jesus, not really knowing what this guy might say. Jesus is probably assuming this guy probably wants to be healed of his blindness, but I think Jesus in his humanity is asking him a human question. What do you want me to do for you? I don't think there was an attitude. I don't think there was a tone like, what do you want me to do for you, Bartimaeus? Hurry up. I've got things to do. No, Jesus was never like that, never had an attitude. He was never snappy. He only rebuked the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders, because they were the hypocrites. He was always kind and gentle to the ones that needed him, to the ones that cried out to him. So he says here, what do you want me to do for you? And it says, the blind man said, Rabbi, and that's a, that's a you know, Greek word for teacher, basically, for Jesus, what, they recognized him as teacher. Rabbi, I want to see. That's it. Rabbi, I just want to see. I want to see. I've been blind. We don't know how blind he's been. He could have been blind from birth. He could have had an experience where he became blind later in life. But it just says he's blind. And he asks a one simple question. I just want to see. Sorry, one simple statement. I want to see. 52, verse 52. Jesus just says, go. Your faith has healed you. He didn't do any magic trick. He didn't wave his hand. He didn't say like, hey, are you really blind? Let's see. He didn't put in any spit and mud like he did for one guy. All he said was, go. Your faith has healed you. Just the words that Jesus says. And it says, immediately, he received his sight, and then he started following Jesus along the road. Doesn't give any description. Is he starting to jump? Is he skipping around? Is he just going crazy? Doesn't give us that detail. You would think he would. And then he starts following Jesus. He starts following him. So again, Jesus just says the word. He says, go, your faith has healed you. And I like what he says there. Your faith has healed you. That's interesting. But wait, I thought Jesus healed him. Yes, Jesus healed him by his words, but he's quoting and saying, Bartimaeus, your faith has now healed you. Bartimaeus right there has this conversion moment, if you will, and I believe that we will see Bartimaeus in heaven. His faith has healed him now, and now he continues to follow Jesus, and that's the end. We don't hear about him anymore. But I believe Mark has this in his gospel for a reason, to get to know this guy, to know that we have the hope of seeing him in heaven, to see this cool experience of a blind man getting his sight Restored and Jesus says a few words and then they're on their way. But I think that's more than that why Mark has this in this in this his gospel. And that's one question right here in verse 51 that Jesus asks him, that Jesus also asks you and I. One simple question, and here it is. The question is: what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asks you and I that question personally, and you can write that down. Jesus is asking me. What do you want me to do for you? And again, that's a question Jesus asks. He doesn't force anything on you. He gives you choice. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus is open open and willing and has his arms ready to receive us for whatever we want of him. For Bartimaeus, it was to see. Physical sight. It was to see. For some of us, maybe it's spiritual sight. We need to see. So ask yourself, what is Jesus asking you? What does Jesus want to do for me? Ask yourself that. What is Jesus wanting to do for me? Jesus is going to keep asking you that question. And he's going to keep pursuing you. Whether you like it or not. You and I can kind of drift and kind of turn the other way and start walking the other way. But Jesus will keep pursuing us until sometimes we hit rock bottom. And we turn back around and come following after Jesus. Bartimaeus at this point in his life, he just wants to see... He just wants to see. And I love it here because at that conversion moment, Jesus is willing and opening in his arms saying, come, call him over. Your faith has now healed you, Bartimaeus. Follow me. And I love here what it says. You can write this down. Bartimaeus no longer was the son of the unclean one. That's what his name means. Son of the unclean one. He was no longer that. He was now the son of the saving one. Jesus changed his identity. Now, I mean, he kept his name, Bartimaeus, but now he's no longer known as this unclean, dirty dude who's blind and just sits on the road at Jericho, crying all the time, whining. Oh, come help me, begging, I'm begging. He hears Jesus. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I just want to see. Jesus changes his identity. You're no longer the son of the unclean one. I want you to come follow me. You're now the son of the Savior, the saving one. So what is Jesus calling after you? Is he calling you? Is he calling you? Do, you? do you feel something in your heart? Maybe you hear this camp. where God has given you this desire or this longing to seek his face. He wants to do something for you. He wants to do something for every single person. But he gives us that choice. He's not going to force anything on us. He says, what do you want me to do for you? You just ask, what do you want me to do for you? Maybe some of you should be asking, I just want to see spiritually. I want, I want to see. I want to see a different perspective. That's our theme. I want to see a different view, vantage point that God has for me. Instead of me just seeing the straight and narrow temporal, everything is right here in front of me. That's where I'm focusing on. God wants to give you different vantage points, almost like 3D, if you will, to a whole new level. Spiritually seen. Maybe you need to be spiritually healed. You know, you've been struggling with something and. And it's not going away. You need to let it go. But it's, it's been very hard to kind of drop it and to give it to the Lord. But maybe it's something you just need to be spiritually healed and restored in your soul. And only Jesus is going to do that. And Jesus is going to tug at your heart saying, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Just ask. And, and James says, you ask, you, you have not because you ask not. We, we, we always get this thing where, like, oh, you know, Jesus gets so many requests. I, I just can't get asking for anything. Jesus wants you to ask him for everything. You know, his, his voicemail box never goes out. All right? He never has to delete any messages so that you can get a new voicemail or whatever. I hate when my iPhone does that. You know, voicemail is 100% full. And then people call me, hey, Tyler, your voicemail box was full. Couldn't leave a voicemail. That's not for Jesus. You can leave any voicemail request you wish, and he's going to answer it in his timing. So ask yourself, is Jesus wanting to do something for me, and what is it? Find it out. Find out. And I want to leave with this verse 2 Peter 3 9. 2 Peter 3 9. I'm going to read it. You guys can just write it down. Read it when you get back to talk time or some, time, some other time when you go home. But 2 Peter 3 9. This is just the perspective of Jesus ready and waiting for us to come to him. Ready and waiting for us to come to him. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asks of us. But 2 Peter 3 9, I love this verse. And it says this: The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, God, Jesus was patient with Bartimaeus. He's patient with them. What do you want me to do for you? He didn't. He, didn't, he could have just. You know, he could have just said, "Like Bartimaeus, okay, I know you want to see. There you go. You see." Oh, no, no, he gets down to the personal depths of him and says what do you just want me to do for you what do you want what do you want ask ask anything i just want to see so jesus is ready and waiting for all of us to come to him and he's asking all of us what is it what is it you want to do for me what is it that you want me to do for you and ask him ask him because Jesus is not going to be slow in keeping his promise. He's going to fulfill that promise, and he is patient with you. He doesn't want anyone to perish. That's the gospel. That's the good news of that. And that's John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God doesn't want anyone to perish. And what I mean, what I mean by perish is you are separated now from eternal God when you die. There's two places you go to when you die. Everybody. It's either heaven or hell, the Bible tells us. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus, your destination now is in heaven, the hope of heaven. If you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, Jesus describes a place called hell. It's eternal separation from a holy God. But Jesus' heart in the, in the Bible everywhere is that I want no one to perish. I want everyone to come to repentance. But he's asking us the question, first, what do you want me to do for you? That's the relationship that Jesus has with us. That's a personal relationship. That's not robotic, that's okay, your wish is my command, I'll do whatever you want. No, he's asking us, hey, I'm going to ask the question, what do you want me to do for you? What's going on in your life? Where are you with me? What I mean by that is, where are you with the Lord? Where's your personal relationship with the Lord? He's probably been tugging on your heart a long time, but you've kind of just kept the door shut. Revelation describes Jesus as knocking on the door of our heart, and when we open it, he wants to come in, have fellowship with us, eat with us. Have a relationship with us. That's in Revelation. Jesus says, I am knocking on the door of your heart. Anyone that opens the door and receives me, I will fellowship him, I will have supper with him, I will have a relationship with him. But see, it's all that it's just it's a choice. You get to choose to open that door or not. You can keep it closed if you want. But the blessings cannot come from Jesus. Jesus wants a personal relationship with you because he wants to save you, he wants none to perish. He's knocking on the door. He was knocking on the door of Bartimaeus' heart. I don't think it was an accident that Jesus had to go through Jericho and then on his way out, this random blind man dude is right there. This wasn't random. This wasn't by accident. Jesus is walking by. He doesn't rebuke him. He doesn't quiet him down. He doesn't say, hey, I don't have have time for you. I got to go feed some 5,000 people. All right? (laughs) I don't have time for you, Bartimaeus. Someone else help him. I'm so glad Jesus was never like that. And this was a learning lesson for the crowd. This was a learning lesson for the disciples. Disciples call him, and then they're all happy. Hey, he wants to see you. He wants to see you. I kind of get that sense too that Jesus is wanting us to cheer up. He wants to see us. He wants to meet with us today, this very camp. He wants to meet with us, and then he asks us the question What do you want me to do for you personally? What is it you want? God, I need to let go of the struggle. God, I need to pursue a godly relationship. God, I, I need—you know—I need to pursue after you in all my things. You know, God, I need to let go of some of the language I use. God, I need to let go of some of the friends I hang out with because they're a bad influence. And God is going to do a work, but He always asks the question first: What is it? What do you want? And He's going to do it. He's going to do it. So again. God wants none of us to perish but all to, rec- to all to come to repentance. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of the gospel. So all of us today are like Bartimaeus. We are sinners, the Bible calls us. We are unclean. We are spiritually unclean. We're dirty. But when we have Jesus in our hearts, the Bible says we put on Jesus' righteousness and then God the Father looks at us as if we were Jesus in a sense. We have his righteousness now and then he says, come unto me. Because God is so holy, he cannot be around sin. That's what we are. So in this time, people are like, this guy is unclean, he's blind, he's dirty. It was just that mindset, we can't be around him. We're just going to leave him be. He's begging a lot. But a lot of us today are spiritually begging. A lot of us are the son of the unclean one. We all are. But once Jesus asks us, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? God, I just want you. I just want to see. I want a relationship with you. Then he's going to heal us, he's going to restore us. But then he's going to say, your faith has healed you. So where is your faith in the Lord? Your faith is what heals you. We come by faith, not by sight. The Bible tells us. The Bible says that. So Jesus asks the question, what do you want me to do for you? He heals him and he says, I want you to go now. Your faith has healed you. But Bartimaeus continues to follow Jesus. So you guys, myself included... You know, we're born we're born into this world as the unclean one, but once you get to know Jesus and He comes inside of you, you ask Him to live inside of you for a personal relationship, He then changes your identity. He says, You're now the son of me. You're a daughter of me, of the saving one, no longer unclean. I don't look at you as servants anymore, I don't look at you as dirty anymore, I don't look at you as slaves anymore. Jesus called his disciples and told told us, I look at you as friends. He calls us his friend. We're called sons and daughters of, of God, but Jesus said in John, He says, I now call you my friends. We're His friends now. He sees that. That's the relationship God wants with us. God wants that relationship. And we are relational beings. We are created that way. You have friendships in this room. That's, why, that's, that's how we are wired. We're created to want a relationship, we're never created to want to be lonely. You know, we're never created to have to be isolated and alone. God wants relationship, and he created us to have relationship with one another. But then we're prone to have a relationship with one uh, one another, but the only relationship that's going to satisfy our deepest, darkest soul is only Jesus himself. That's the relationship that he wants. Bartimaeus then accepts this relationship, recognizes he is God, wants to follow him after that. He's restored back to his sight. And he says, no longer am I going to be the unclean one. I'm going to be now known as the son of the saving one. So again, when you guys have quiet time tomorrow, or maybe take some time to have quiet time today, when you go back home, Jesus is going to be asking yourself, asking, knocking on your heart, what is it you want me to do for you? I'm willing and able to do it. Whatever it is you ask of me. Will it be in your timing though? Not necessarily. It's always going to be in God's timing. But he wants to ask that question, what do you want me to do for you? Amen? Ask yourself that question. What is it that God wants of me? What, 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 what is it that I need to let go and give back to the Lord? Again, I, I don't want any one of us to perish. God doesn't want that either. That's the heart of God. He wants none to perish but all to come to repentance and the saving knowledge of him. That's the gospel. And a short, simple story of Bartimaeus is not an accident in the Bible. It's there for a reason, because God's asking us all that question. So I'm going to pray for you guys, and we're going to be dismissed. But when I pray for you, I want you to really think and maybe write down in your journal something that you feel God is tugging on your heart, saying, what is it you want me to do for you? What is it you want me to do for you? Is there healing you need, maybe physical healing, most likely spiritual healing? Maybe there is some spiritual blindness that we've been dealing with, like Bartimaeus. And that we need God to open our eyes and see a different perspective. When he opens your eyes and you put on the lenses of God, you're going to see life. You're going to see people. You're going to see things in a whole different way. You're going to want to put aside who you were before Jesus. You want nothing to do with it. No longer are you going to go down that road again. You're going to follow Jesus like Bartimaeus did. And one day, I believe, we'll see him in heaven. He's he's a crazy testimony of just how God saved his life by saying, Go, your faith has healed you. Cured him of his blindness. But then he says, Go, your faith has healed you. And Bartimaeus follows. Follows after Jesus. Becomes one of his followers. And we can be the same as well. Let's pray.